welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to episode 358 of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. And here at the Unpopular Podcast, I'm already asked you to agree with me. I'm asking you to hear me out. We have been on this divisional breakdown journey, and we're pretty much getting to the nitty gritty of it. We're getting towards the end. We have two more divisions left, uh, one after today. And now we're getting into the thick of the, t- the, the top tier talent of the league. I'm going to save my, the, the, the division that I think is the best for last. But today's division, we're going to talk about the AFC West. Now you're probably thinking to yourself, Jay, hold on. The Chiefs just won the Super Bowl. And last year you were proclaiming that the AFC West was the best division in football. And you would be right on both fronts. The Chiefs did just win the Super Bowl. Um, And I thought last year, when you look on paper last year, this division was the best division of football. But the beauty about sports is nothing is on paper except for the final score. Last year, this division, to me, was one of the more disappointing divisions. We'll talk about all of it when we actually commence into the breakdown, but this was probably one of the more disappointing divisions last year because I expected a lot more from a a, a bunch of different teams, a bunch of different players. But let's start with the Super Bowl champion. And I'm starting to see – how do I – how do I broach this? How do I approach this? Um, the Kansas City Chiefs, we know how good the Kansas City Chiefs are. And that is because of Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid. That, that trio right there is one of the biggest reasons why you can never and should never count out the Kansas City Chiefs. You have the best quarterback in football, undoubtedly. You have the best tight end in football, undoubtedly. And you have arguably the best coach in football. Especially the best offensive coach in football. Now, you can you can debate that, but I think that if you want to get specific, Andy Reid is the best offensive coach in football. And that, that trio has bolded nothing but success. I mean, two Super Bowls in the last, what, four years? Three Super Bowl appearances. An AC Championship appearance uh, last year, two years ago, when they lost to the Cincinnati Bengals. This team is the model of consistency and excellence, at least in the in the very present iteration of the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, the Kansas City Chiefs have been good for a while. I mean, they had Alex Smith, and while no, Alex Smith isn't the quarterback to get you to new heights, he was very consistent year after year after year. Uh, It wasn't really until Washington and the injury that Alex Smith's career kind of went left, but this team has been the model of consistency for a while now. Now, yes, the, 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 the early iterations of the Kansas City Chiefs weren't that good, but 
this Kansas City Chiefs team is good. And they've are, they've always had talented players. I mean, you had Tony Gonzalez. They, they've had players. But that is where I want to focus the Kansas City Chiefs discussion on, the players. And how, trust me, I understand it. But I think that the Kansas City Chiefs are playing a very dangerous game. Now, it's a high, high, high reward. And it's also high, high, high risk. What am I talking about? The Kansas City Chiefs, what we're starting to see is you're starting to see a rotating roster around Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Andy Reid, the coach. What... The, the only consistency that you're seeing right now with this team is those three. I mean, you had Tyreek Hill. That, that I mean, Tyreek Hill is considered one of the best wide receivers in football. Of course, he was traded to the Dolphins. And last year you had, you know, Valdez Scantley. You had Juju Smith-Schuster. You had Sky Moore. Uh, you got Gandarius Tony uh, towards the end of the season from the Giants. You're starting to see a rotating roster around those that th- this three. I mean, they had Tyron Matthew, and I get it to a certain extent. I mean, you have to be smart when you're paying players in in the National Football League because. When you look at some of the, the the teams that quarterback make majority of the money, there's not much success that bodes to that because while, yes, you have the quarterback locked, you have the quarterback that makes majority of the money, which you understand, seeing as though they're pretty much the most important position on the team, it's very hard to then allocate the rest of the money to the rest of the team because you have players, especially teams that – or have just been to the Super Bowl or won a Super Bowl, players expect a payday. That is when you strike. The iron is never going to be hotter than after you win a Super Bowl. So, of course, you're going to want to get paid right after the Super Bowl or or at least right after you make a Super Bowl. So it's hard, it's hard for owners to pay the rest of the team what they feel they deserve because the quarterback is making most of the money. And while that isn't necessarily the case for the Chiefs, it is the case when you look at Tyron Matthew. They didn't want to pay Tyron Matthew, so he went he went to the Saints. They didn't want to pay uh Tyreek Hill or Tyreek Hill, yeah, they they didn't want to pay Tyreek Hill what he felt he was worth because they just couldn't afford it. So he went to the Dolphins. And when you look, the reason why I said that the Chiefs are playing a dangerous game is because this rotating rotating roster. Now, now, Yes, I understand that rosters always change. Rosters are always in flux. Hell, we talked about the Eagles when we talked about the NFC East and the Eagles, especially their defense. Their defense looks nearly 
completely different than it was uh, did last year. While yes, there were some mainstays, a lot of their defensive people, top defensive people too, left. So this whole rotating roster thing is 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 something that happens all the time. So don't think that this is just a Kansas City Chiefs thing. But this is where I say that they are playing with fire. We know that Patrick Mahomes is by far the best quarterback in football. And we know that Travis Kelsey is by far the best tight end in football. And what we're seeing is this team relies so heavily on the greatness of Patrick Mahomes and the greatness of Travis Kelsey and the greatness of Andy Reid that they're just plugging and playing. They're just plugging and playing anybody that they can in those other positions because they have the quarterback tight end coach locked. And this has been this has been more prevalent now than it's 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 or let me say this. We see this. You want an example? Look at this Chris Jones situation. Chris Jones was probably the the second most important player. Maybe third, no, second most important player on this Kansas City Chiefs team in the Super Bowl. The 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 stuff that he or his defensive pressure on Jalen Hurts was one of the main reasons why the Eagles lost the Super Bowl. And they are hesitant, which I get injuries and age, but they are hesitant to pay him. Which is why he is currently holding out with the team. Now, if you have a quarterback, like like say this was Washington, and you had Sam Howell as your quarterback. And don't get me wrong, no offense to Sam Howell, but there's levels. And Sam Howell is not on the same level as Patrick Mahomes. So if Sam Howell was the quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs, this roster would look inc- like entirely different. And you wouldn't see them holding out or allowing Chris Jones to hold out. They would handle it just like the Cowboys handle it with Zach Martin. I understand it's a different position, but they did that that didn't that holdout didn't last too long, especially when you get into training camp and you see, oh yeah, we need him. Don't get it confused. This Kansas City Chiefs team, as great as Patrick Mahomes is, they need Chris Jones. And then you look at the wide receiver core. Let me just name you the wide receivers that they have. They have Juwan Green, Richie James, Sky Moore, Cornell Powell, Nico Ringo, Remigo, Rashid Rice, Justin Ross, Ty Scott, Amir Smith Marset. I know I messed your name up, but I apologize. Kadarius Tony, Marquez Valdez Scantley, Justin Watson, and Jerron Early. Better yet, I'm not going to name all those players again. Uh, I'm going to name you, oh, and Ty Fry Foggy. I know I messed your name up, bro. I apologize. But let me tell you the the years of experience that they have. 
Starting with Ty Frog, you have rookie, one year, six years, Richie James. Two years, one year, rookie, rookie, two years, rookie, three years, three years, six years, six years, and one year. Now, out of that, out of that bunch, the wire, the out of that core, the whole wide receiver core, who is their best player? You'd probably say Gandarius Tony, right? You get him, you know he he made he called a Super Bowl or. He had a Super Bowl in the in the in the, in the or Super Bowl. He had a touchdown in the Super Bowl, and they get him from the they they pay I think two draft picks to get him from the Giants. But even now, I think he's hurt. We know the connection that we know the connection that um. That Patrick Mahomes has with Travis Kelsey, we know that, but but not just that. Let's look at the entire team, and look at the experience. Rookie, three years, seven years. Rookie, three oh rookie, three years. Rookie, one year, two years, four years. Rookie, two years, two years, one year, eight years. Rookie, rookie, four years, three years. Rookie, two years, two years, five years. Rookie, three years. Rookie, three years, three years, eight years, six years, three years, five years. Rookie, 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 three years, eight years, two years. This is a young roster. One of the youngest rosters in football. Not the youngest, but one of the youngest. And what we're seeing is this Kansas City Chiefs team thinks, or I'm not going to say thinks because it's, it's been true. Patrick Mahomes' greatness has been able to to hold this roster together and maximize the potential for this roster. Because if you look, the same issues, the same problems that this roster has, or that, let me say this, that this roster has had for years, they still have. Their secondary is very questionable. Their defense outside of Chris Jones is questionable. Their offensive line is always rotating. And their wide receiver core is unproven. These are the same problems that we've seen for years now. However, Patrick Mahomes has been the great gorilla glue. He's been the one to keep them together. Or Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, the greatness of Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Andy Reid. What I'm saying is this. There's going to be a point where the adhesive of that glue runs out. Where we know how great Patrick Mahomes is, but maybe his greatness isn't going to be able to overcome the other other issues. That doesn't take away from how good Patrick Mahomes is. But when you look at the totality of not even the whole league, but the AFC, and look at their schedule. Kansas City Chiefs, they just won Super Bowl, so they have a tough schedule. And it's not they have tough defenses. They have the Lions, the Jaguars, the Bears, the Jets, the Broncos, the the Dolphins, the Eagles, the Packers, the Bills, the, the Patriots. Of course, they have the Bengals again. So, 
they're going to see tough teams and tough defenses. And while you're never going to go in and thinking they're a decisive underdog because they have Patrick Holmes, when you look at the total roster, I think the Lions have a better roster than the Chiefs. I think the Jaguars probably have a better roster than the Chiefs. I know the Jets have a better roster than the Chiefs. The the Denver Broncos, we'll talk about them in a second, but they have a better roster than the Chiefs. The Chargers definitely have a better roster than the Chiefs. The Dolphins have a better roster. The Eagles have a better roster. The Bills, nah, I don't know about the Bills. <laughs> the Bengals have a better roster. The only thing that those teams don't have better than the Chiefs is the quarterback, tight end, and probably the coach. With this whole... What what I'm getting to is this. I don't think that. I don't think that this is going to to they have to worry about this right now. Obviously, I think that they're going to be really good. I don't know if this team is going to repeat. I don't. I know that any team that Patrick Mahomes is leading obviously has a shot. But I look at just how good the AFC is, and I look at what transpired last year when we talk about injuries, when we talk about. Uh, favorable matchups. I don't know if this team is good enough to repeat. I, I know that they're going to lean heavily on, uh, you know, Isaiah Pacheco because you don't know what Clyde Edwards-Alaire is going to do. I know that they need Chris Jones back. I, <laughs> I know that Jared McKinnon, he's a, he's a really good specialty back. Um, they're, they're going to lean a lot on a lot of players that really are, I'm not going to just say unproven, but wouldn't, you know, wouldn't be top tier players on other, other teams. When we talk about rosters, I think that if we just, if we're just going to stick with the AFC West, I think that this is the second, second worst roster in the AFC West. And I, I know that's crazy to say, seeing as though they just won the Super Bowl. But when we talk, if, if everyone in the AFC West is healthy, this is probably the second worst roster. But they have the first <laughs> tight end, the first quarterback, and the first coach. So what I'm saying is, in in, in, in closing with the Chiefs, I think the Chiefs are going to be okay. I think that they're going to be good this year. I... I'm not going to pick them to repeat, uh, but I think that they're going to be good. And I just, I'm just, I don't want this to end. Obviously I don't, I don't want to see anyone hurt. I don't want to see anybody leave teams unexpectedly or get traded or whatever. They don't want to, but I'm interested to see how long this lasts and how long this, uh, this routine lasts. And the routine is it doesn't matter. Who is around Patrick Mahomes out because he's going to make get the best or he's going to bring the best out of out of them. Because, you know, I talked about the, the, the Bills last episode. We talked about the AFC East and I talked about Super Bowl windows and. There is this is a Super Bowl window. The Super Bowl window obviously is open <laughs> For the Kansas City Chiefs, but it's really only open because of Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid. Because 
take out trap tra- uh take out Patrick Mahomes and put in let's say Justin Fields. This is not that is not a Super Bowl team in the slightest. Take out Je- Patrick Mahomes and put in let's do another tier quarterback. Put in We'll talk about it in a second. Put in Jimmy Garoppolo. This is not a Super Bowl caliber roster. Take out Patrick Mahomes, put in Mac Jones. This is not a Super Bowl caliber roster. And those are not Super Bowl caliber teams. You have Patrick Mahomes, instant Super Bowl contender. As we've seen, I mean, they just won it. Patrick Mahomes is two of them. So this whole thing was just me saying that Patrick Mahomes is great. <laughs> and the 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 Chiefs know that they're great or that he's great. And until he's great or until he's not great anymore, they always have a shot. But there's going to be a time where even a little bit of slippage this team cannot afford, this roster cannot afford a little bit of slippage from Patrick Mahomes. Because if not, because when you look at how good the division can be and you look at how good the conference is, a little bit of slippage from this team, from Patrick Mahomes, can, the whole thing can spiral. But like I said, until Patrick Mahomes, until we see trash Patrick Mahomes, which we haven't seen yet, there's this team always has a shot. Speaking of shots, boy, oh boy, was I wrong about the Denver Broncos last year? Ah, man, I thought the Denver Broncos were good enough to be in Super Bowl contention. I didn't think they were going to win it, obviously, but. I thought that they were good enough to be one of those teams that you talk about could be viable for a Super Bowl. At least viable to win the AFC West. Boy, was I wrong. And on top of that, this is, to me, the most important season of Russell Wilson's career. This season right here. And let me tell you why. Let's just think. Let's just look back two years ago. The conversation that was around Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson was a top tier quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks. While no, they weren't winning. Nobody was saying they weren't winning because of of, of Russell Wilson. They were saying... The offensive line is terrible, and he doesn't really have any weapons, and the running game was inconsistent due to injuries, and the defense was trash. It was everything going on around Russell Wilson and the Seahawks, which is why they were not good, not because of Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson was considered one of the best quarterbacks in football. I mean, Two years ago, the beginning of the season, like halfway through the season, Russell Wilson, in my opinion, was leading the league as an MVP candidate. Just two years ago, Russell Wilson has been to two Super Bowls, won one of them, 
and the conversation wasn't is Russell Wilson good or is Russell Wilson uh, a, 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 a comparable quarterback. The, the conversation was will Russell Wilson be a Hall of Famer, either the first ballot, second ballot, what? Is, has he solidified himself as a Hall of Famer? Now think about what the conversation around Russell Wilson is now. Is he good? Is is was this the worst trade in in NFL history? Because remember, they traded a bunch of draft picks. They traded Geno Smith, who won Comeback Player of the Year last year. They traded Drew Locke. They traded uh, Noah Fant. They traded all that to get Russell Wilson. That is a steep, steep asking price. And they gave him one of the most expensive contracts in NFL history. And last year, they, I think they won like four games. So the conversation around Russell Wilson has drastically changed in two years. And I think, don't get me wrong, Russell Wilson was terrible last year. It, and it, 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 there were things that, of course, was on him. Held the ball too long. Didn't really see the field good at all through the very bad interceptions. Just the, what he could control, he was controlling very poorly. And I, I do think that a lot of the lack of success for the Broncos was because of Nathaniel Hackett wasn't really that good of a coach or just in injuries just plagued this team. And as we're seeing now, Jerry Judy's out for, it looks like out for several weeks with a hamstring injury. It looks like they're plagued with injuries again. But I said, the, the reason why I said that this is the most important season for a quarterback in NBA in NFL history is because I think that the narrative around Russell Wilson has always been he's a good quarterback but he's a good quarterback but and what I mean by that is when we're in Seattle he's a good quarterback but he had Legion of Boom that's that's one of the only reasons why he went to the Super Bowl. He didn't even win Super Bowl MVP. He's a good quarterback, but they don't win a lot because of the offensive line or because of the defense. He's a good good quarterback, but he had one of the worst plays in Super Bowl history, which is why he's not a two-time Super Bowl champion. That butt is strong. <laughs> and that's always given people leeway to, for lack of a better term, downgrade Russell Wilson. Well, last year was the, all the ammunition that they needed. Last year, he was one of the worst quarterbacks in football. And those, you know, the narrative has the narrative has never been solid on Russell Wilson. 
I think that if he has another season like he had last year, you can kiss the the Hall of Fame goodbye. You can kiss his his legacy goodbye because everyone can have a bad season. Now, not everyone has a season as bad as Russell Wilson's last year. But everyone can have a bad season. It's just, what do you do? You have a new coach, and the coach, a lot of people think, can, you know, is, is way. I mean, we, we've seen Sean Payton's resume. We've seen, you know, what he's able to do with the Saints. Well, and we also saw Nathaniel Hackett. So, hopefully that changes. Yes, you gave up uh, Bradley Chubb, but you also got Frank Frank Clark from the Chiefs. Um, you still have Patrick Sertan, the second, who's a really good player. Um, probably one of the better defensive players in the league. You have this roster is good. I think if you just look at the names, you look at the people, you can argue that this roster is better than the Chiefs roster. I'm not saying, you know, uh, don't get, don't hear me, don't hear me saying that this roster is the best, but this is this roster can arguably is arguably better than the Chiefs. The problem is, of course, are we? Is this roster going to be able to max out? Are we? Are we? Have we seen the max? Have we seen the best of this roster? And if we have, it was god awful last year. God awful. I'm just look that Shamaj P Ryan. Like they have good players, man. They have good players. Now the 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 the. The problems that they've had, they still do have. Their offensive line, don't really know about them. Um, injuries is, plays a big part. This team doesn't have a lot of leeway when we talk about injuries, and I know they uh, – oh, I forgot his name. I'm sorry, bro. But I know that they already lost one of their riders. Uh, Tim Patrick lost him for the season. Um, so – I'm not saying that this team has to win a Super Bowl. I'm not saying that at all. I don't even know if I don't think this team is even Super Bowl. I don't even think this is a Super Bowl caliber roster. But what needs to happen, and especially for Russell Wilson, is you just need to be better than last year. You can lose every single game, but if you look better than last year, then all the questions all the all the the conver- the the conversation around Denver changes and the conversation around Russell Wilson changes this is again a big year for Russell Wilson this is a big year for this Denver Broncos team i know again Jerry Judy's hurt but luckily he's only out for a few weeks um t- losing Tim Patrick was was big uh that was that was a big loss, um, but you do still have Cortland Sutton. Uh, this is this this team is is really it, it it just it it goes as far as Russell Wilson takes them, which is why I say that this is one of the most important years for Russell Wilson because people are. Uh, 
Last year was so bad and so much of a departure from what we're used to that it has people questioning, was what we're used to, is that over? That's how bad it was. No one thinks, oh, not no one, but a lot of people don't think that, oh, it could have just been a bad season. No. <laughs> people are saying, is is Russell Wilson's prime over? A Russell Wilson who's only been in the league for 12 years, which honestly isn't that long. You know what? I might change my mind. No, well, no, because they also have Randy Gregory. Yeah, this this is a good team, man. This is a good team. Christopher Allen. Yeah, this is announced. This this team is good, man. Is it? It really just you're gonna go. This team is gonna go as far as uh, Russell Wilson takes them. Patrick Sertan, probably one of the best, if not the best, uh, cornerback in the league. Yeah, man, this is this is a team, and this is the most important year for Russell Wilson's career, in my opinion. Because trust me, the 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 support that he does have might might be gone if if we if they see a. Resemble if they see the the resemblance of last year, because last year was was god awful. They're saying, imagine that they're saying that a trade that involved Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson, was one of the worst in NFL history. We will see. Let's move forward. The Chargers last year were one of those teams. Actually, I think the Chargers was the poster child for injuries affecting affecting the outcome of the of the team. Nearly every single major position for the Chargers got hurt last year. I mean, Keelan Allen missed time. Joey Bosa missed time. Um it, <sighs> Derwin, oh Gerald, no Derwin James missed time. Uh, every every single key player outside of um, outside of Justin Herbert pretty much missed time. And Mike Williams missed time. Like it, uh, Austin Eckler missed time. Like this team. <laughs> Was riddled with injury. Khalil Mack missed time. It it was it was it was bad, and I think that that kind of gave Justin Field not Justin Fields Justin Herbert a an excuse as to why the Chargers didn't reach the potential that we thought they could. You. It, I don't really believe in curses or whatever, but when we talk about a cursed franchise or, uh, yeah, pretty much a cursed franchise, this team, the Chargers, are one of those teams that you think about. I think Eric Kendricks missed time last year. Like, it was bad. 
I think that um the noise is starting to get a little louder around the lack of success that Justin Justin Herbert has 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 pretty much seen or the moments of failure that we've seen from Justin Herbert. I think the noise around that is getting a little louder. I think that it's not at a crescendo because of the injuries, again, that this Chargers team faced last year. Again, and not to mention, we don't really know if Brandon Staley is the was the coach, you know. Um, and if – because we've seen him in, in big situations just completely – have truly head scratching, uh, head scratching decisions when we talk about uh, play calling. So the Chargers, the 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 noise around the lack of success for the Chargers and the lack of success that Justin Herbert has seen hasn't really gone to a orchestraic volume. Because if you want to, one of the, the Chargers, in my opinion, have the on paper, of course, the Chargers have the best roster in in not just the AFC West, but has one of the best rosters in football, and they've had that for a while now. Yet, and they've had the quarterback. Just a lot of people think Justin Herbert is a top five quarterback in the league. Now, we talk about just sheer talent. It's very hard to argue against that. Now, last year, again, the excuses could have been just the team just fell apart. And I'll, I'll give it to you. Like I said, the, the Chargers were probably the most injury-riddled team in football. But if they stay healthy, I think this is a very important year for the Chargers as well. This is a very important year for Brandon Staley. This is a very important year for Justin Herbert. This is a very important year for this roster. Because there's it's there gets to a point where you can't have a roster this good and not compete. Not I mean, you lost JC Jackson last year who was one of the be- Maryland product, who was one of the better uh cornerbacks and had I think one of the mo- the most interceptions when he was playing with the uh Patriots. You have Asante Samuel Jr., another cornerback. Like, this team is good. So this team is too good. Sebastian Joseph Day, this team is too good to not have the success um, that they, they've they seen or they haven't, they, they haven't had. They also have, uh, what's his name, bro? I got to see it. I... I uh, Got his name. Uh, they also have. Why am I blank? Rashawn Slater, who I think uh, had probably one of the best rookie campaigns from a tackle in recent memory. I think you should have won Offensive Rookie of the Year, but I understand why he didn't. This is a big year for the AFC West. And for obviously multiple d- 
different reasons. For the Chiefs, of course, it is can they repeat? And is this the year where you start seeing slippage from Patrick Mahomes and, and Travis Kelsey? Nobody really expects it, but we never know. This is a monumental year for Russell Wilson in the chart in the in the Broncos. And this is a big year for Justin Herbert and the Chargers. Again, this is arguably one of, if not the best roster in football. You can put this roster up again with the 49ers and the Eagles. I mean, you have Jared Everett at the tight end position. Like it's this is a good roster. Great roster. The best roster in the division. But it's just even with all that, you haven't seen much success. Now, the question or the question to me will be answered if this team can stay healthy, which, of course, you wish that upon any. I don't wish injury upon anyone. But you hope you hope to have the question answered. Is it the team or is it Justin Herbert? If this team, because we've seen greatness from Justin Herbert, we know that he has the talent. We know that he has the talent to be a top five quarterback. We've seen it. I mean, we've seen it on several occasions. But kind of like Trevor Lawrence, we've also seen moments where he just looked terrible. Now, that happens to every quarterback, but not to the frequency of which that we've seen it with a Justin Herbert or, or a Trevor Lawrence. I think that this team is good enough. This could be a dark, I'm not even going to call it dark horse because of how good this roster is. I think that this team is good enough to make some noise in the AFC. I think that this team is good enough to be able to represent the AFC and the Super Bowl. And I think the answers or the questions that we have will be answered about Justin Herbert. I'm not saying that Justin Herbert has to go on to win the Super Bowl or has to go on to even even be in contention for the Super Bowl. But if the the the, the Chargers do not succeed this year, it, it cannot be because of Justin Herbert. Because I think the people that are looking for ammo, just like the people that were looking for ammo for Russell Wilson, got all of it and more last year. The people that are looking for ammo to shoot down Justin Herbert and to say that Justin Herbert really, especially after he just got the new contract, are are, are going to have all the fuel in the world if this team can stay healthy and they still don't reach their potential. Now, again, I'm not saying that this is the best roster in the AFC, but what I'm saying is it is one of the best. It could be. Definitely by name, it could be. Like on paper, this could be the best roster in the AFC. And it's really, it really just comes down to, has it just been misfortune for Justin Herbert and this team? Or is have we seen the best of Justin Herbert and the best isn't good enough? Because it's hard when you look at this defense, when you look at the offensive weapons, everything that the, a team needs. You have a great tackle. You have, Every position has a star. From offensive line, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. Well, I'm not going to say Jared Everett to start, but he's he's good. Defensive, you know, linebackers, defensive backs, cornerbacks. Every position has a star. And if that's not enough, 
something I don't know what is. And it, it hasn't been enough for the last few years now. Obviously, you can you can probably look to Brandon Staley and the injuries, but if everyone's able to stay healthy, which of course you hope, we will see. We will see. And lastly, we'll talk about, or lastly in the AFC West, we'll talk about the Raiders. I don't. I don't understand the Raiders at all. I don't understand the Raiders because I don't really know the direction that they're going in. You have Max Crosby, who is one of the better defensive players in football. I get it. You have Josh Jacob. You didn't want to pay him. Uh, I think he's still holding out, but I think that the holdout's going to end soon. Actually, the reports are that the holdout is going to end soon. You have Devontae Adams, who is arguably the best wide receiver in football. You have all that, but what direction are the 49ers, I mean, are what direction are, is the Raiders going in? You give, you allow, you know, you trade uh, or you let Derek Carr walk for Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying Jimmy Garoppolo is bad. I'm not saying he's trash. I'm not saying that. But we've seen the best version of Jimmy Garoppolo. We've also seen the best version of Derek Carr. And I would take Derek Carr over Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, The problems that this team has dealt with for years is the same problem that that, that it has now. The defense is not that good. Again, you have Max Crosby. That's cool. I think you still have Chandler Jones. That's cool. But outside of that, you don't have much on the defensive side of the ball. Offensively, outside, I mean, you have Jacoby Myers, cool, and you have Devontae Adams, but a quarterback is is a is a huge question mark. You have Marcus Peters, um, but we know, and he's good. Don't get me wrong. But he's more of a gambling, like he gambles a lot. And when he hits, when he lands, he lands. When he doesn't, it's a big place. <laughs> um, you have Hunter Renf- Renthrow, so you, you have pieces. But this this roster is not good. This is the worst roster in the division, in my opinion. <sighs> I'm I'm looking outside of the names I mentioned. I'm looking for standouts, and I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing it at all. Let's talk about Jimmy G for a second. I understand giving up a quarterback that has been for your franchise or been in your franchise for years. And... Of course, there hasn't really been much success, do you know, f- from that quarterback. Now, some people can argue it's because of that quarterback. Some people can argue it's just because of the lack of talent around him. Hell, I just talked when I talked about the Saints. I talked about Derek Carr, and damn near everyone in my mentions has been saying that it wasn't Derek Carr; it was the lack of talent in in the Raiders organization. 
So I, I I understand giving up on a player that you've never reached the potential that you hoped to reach. But I don't understand letting him go to getting Jimmy G, a quarterback that has a lengthy history of not being able to stay healthy. And he also has a history while, yes, he had he he went to a Super Bowl. He went to a Super Bowl with a better roster and lost. I'm not saying that Jimmy G shouldn't be in the league. I'm not saying that you don't. You shouldn't trust Jimmy G. What I am saying is Jimmy G hasn't shown the ability to be the man on the team. Mind you, he went to a team with a st- he went to the Super Bowl with a stacked team, a team that is better than this team, and didn't win the Super Bowl when having a lead. It was one of the one of the major reasons why they didn't win. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo was bad, so don't don't hear me say that. I don't think he's bad, but I don't think that he is a franchise quarterback. And I don't know the direction that this team is going in. We talked about we talked about the Cardinals when we talked about the NFC West, and you know the the Cardinals are having pretty much a flash out at this point. They gave up Isaiah Simmons, they gave up a, a, a tackle uh, or an offensive lineman, I believe, to the Browns, I think, and Buda Baker looks like it might be coming to an end now. We know, obviously, they're not going to come out and say they're tanking, but they're obviously tanking. You trade a first-round pick for a seventh-round pick, like, they're obviously tanking. Because it looks like they're probably done with with, uh, Kyler Murray. Uh, Because the only reason why you would tank is there's a generational player in the draft, which there obviously is for a lot of people that they think that Caleb Williams is that guy. So, you obviously see... The, the the tank happening for the Arizona Cardinals. They're not going to be good this year anyways, even with even if Kyler Murray was playing all year. They're just not going to be good. They don't have that good of a roster. So they're just like, you know what? Punting on this year. Take your time, uh, Kyler Murray. We're, we're trying to get Caleb Williams. You see a team that is going all in on the tank. <laughs> then you see a team... Like the Chargers. Like I said, you have J.C. Jackson. You have Asante Samuels. You have Joey Bosa. You have Khalil Mack. You have Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler, who they did. Remember, Austin Eckler requested a trade. They were not trying to trade him for nothing. Um, you have Keenan Allen. You have Mike Williams. You have Jared Everett. You have uh, Eric Kendricks. You have um, Rashawn Slater. This team is in win-now mode. <laughs> like, win-now mode. You can see it. They're just, they're, they're getting, pl- no, you know what? Let me give you a better team. The Jets. The Jets is definitely in win-now mode. Getting Aaron Rodgers, you already had Sauce Gardner, you already had Garrett Wilson, you also get Alan Lazard. This, they're trying to get David Bacciari. This, that, the Jets is a win-now mode. What I'm saying is when you look at a team like the Jets, when you look at the team like the Chargers, when you look at the team, when you look at a team like the Arizona Cardinals, you know the direction that they're going in. 
They're either trying to win now or planning for the future. You don't really know the direction that this that the Raiders are going in. Do you if you want to win now, I don't know why you'd give up Derek Carr to get Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't know why if you're trying to win now why you you don't really address the the much needed positions like the offensive line. Like I don't If you're trying to plan for the future and not win now, why do you keep Devontae Adams? Or why are you keeping people like Chandler Chandler Jones and you sign Max Crosby to an extension? I don't know. I do not know the direction that this team is going in. And to be honest with you, whatever direction is, I don't think that you're going to get to that point with Jimmy Garoppolo as your quarterback. I'm not saying he's bad, but he has a history of being higher than mid, but not exceptional. (laughs) Average. And injury prone. Like, like, think about that. What was, what is Jimmy G's signature game? What is the game where you look and think? Because every quarterback, every top tier quarterback has one. I mean, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he's, he's won two Super Bowls. So, you, you know, Joey Burrow, Joe Burrow, you can say it was last year against the, um, against the Bills. Or you can say it was the year before against the the Chiefs in the AFC Championship. Lamar Jackson, you can say it was the the game where he beat Patrick Mahomes. Or I would argue it was the game where uh, they went up against the Colts and Carson Wentz, and he threw for like 400 yards and came back to win. What is Jimmy G's game? Where it's just like, oh, yeah, he's the best quarterback I don't know and I don't know the direction that this uh this Raiders team is going in if you wanted to rank the just this division from worst to best I would have the Raiders at the worst until I see something different I would probably put the the um I'd probably put the Broncos, and then I put the Chargers, and then the Chiefs. And now, if we're just talking about rosters, we'll switch that around. But I say the Chiefs because they just won the Super Bowl. They still have the the, the trio, the terrific trio, and they're the Chiefs. Until I see someone knock them off, I'm not in in not in convincingly fashion. Like I'm not going to say that in this division. I, I mean, it should be the Chargers, but. Until I see it, the Chiefs are number one. Next next episode, we will tackle the last um, division. Obviously, if you've been paying attention, you know that I have not done one division yet. And I have waited for this division last because I think that this is the best division by far in football. You can argue that the best division of football is probably the AFC East especially with Aaron Rodgers coming in and the talent level in that division. But, I mean, it's not really a spoiler if you've been paying attention. Um, 
I think the AFC North is the best division in football by far. And, of course, uh, on Wednesday's episode, we'll talk about it. Uh, But let's move forward. So the news out of San Francisco was that Trey Lance, who San Francisco gave up a king's ransom for to trade up in the draft, and ultimately they gave up a bunch of picks and everything, and those picks were flipped, of course, by some of those picks became Jalen Waddell. Uh, I know that they flipped some of those picks to get Tyreek Hill. It was it was just it was just the 49ers gave up a King's ransom to get uh Trey Lance. And it comes out it comes out that Trey Lance is the third is now the third string quarterback. He was unable to beat out Brock Purdy and Sam Darnold. We talked about this a while ago. Uh actually when I was talking about the NFC uh, West, and I said that the clock is ticking for Trey Lance. Now, it's not because of the person. It's not because of him. It's because when you have a roster that good and you have high expectations for a team, a team like that doesn't have much time to wait for development. I talked about championship windows when we were talking about the Bills last last episode and I said that championship windows close. And when they close, it's very hard to stay open. For for example, I'm just giving example after example. For example, Washington used to be one of the premier franchises in football. If you don't if you want me to take my bias out of it, right? I'll give you another example. The Steelers was a primary, uh, a a high tier franchise in football. We know about you know j- the, just the, the 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 championship defenses that they've had and and just the rich history. When that championship window is closed, it's closed. Yes, the the, the Steelers are a good team, and we'll talk about them next episode, but nobody has them winning the championship. Their window is closed. Now, I'm not saying that the window can close and go back open. But when you're a team as good as the 49ers, they don't have time to waste. When you have Nick Bosa, Fred Warner, Debo Samuels, George Kittle, to Christian McCaffrey, like they don't have time to wait. So I said the clock was ticking because we we haven't seen Trey Lance has not played a full season since he was in college. I think his rookie year in college. Now I do think that. This has been such a terrible way of managing the situation for the 49ers. I don't think I've ever seen a team manage something so poorly in my life. Look at everything that has transpired around Trey Lance and the 49ers. 
you give up a king's ransom to get him in the draft. You are ready. Like, you kind of push Jimmy G out the door for Trey Lance. You know that Trey Lance has a has a history of injuries, seeing as though he has not. And you also know that he didn't play for a big Power Five school. He played at what North Dakota State, and he was yeah he was pretty injury prone there. But we talk about the ceiling, and everyone does. I mean, you he does have a high ceiling, but he plays what the first game doesn't look that good. Second game breaks his leg. So on top of that, he barely plays and he can't really practice because you're rehabbing a broken leg. So you have a player that you gave up. And that's why I said that this looks like a bad investment. What last episode or when we were talking about the NFC West, you gave up a player and his injuries do not allow him to really play or practice. So it's like, what what are you really getting? And you can't you can't wait and hold out on the future because the, the, this team is you don't want this the the championship window to close. So now you look up and he's a third string, and I think that is done. I'm not saying he's done. I'm not saying his career is done. What I'm saying is. I think that it's 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 Trey Lance. I don't think we talk about. I talked talk out to um Dan Orlowski. He pretty much alluded to this. Actually, he said it straight up. I think and I, and I I agree with his words. I think that when you when the psyche of a player breaks, sometimes the only thing that can repair it is a fresh start somewhere else. And with everything that Trey Lance has gone through and everything that he's heard and everything that has happened to him, whether it's injuries or the franchise that it's like the franchise has been playing, um, has had a seesaw with him. It's like we're going to mortgage everything for you. We give up pretty much our draft future for you. We, We give up Jimmy Garoppolo for you. And now it's like uh, we brought in Sam Darnold and you can't stay healthy and you're now the third string quarterback. I just think it's it's hard for me to see a successful avenue for him to stay in in San Francisco. Now, yes, you're also backing up a, a quarterback that has, you know, Brock Purdy, who. Mr. Relevant. We'll see how he is this year. You're also backing up a quarterback in Sam Darnold, who has had a long history of injuries as well. So we'll see. But I just, it's hard for me to see success with Trey Lance in, in San Francisco with everything that's happened. And I think that San Francisco has poorly managed. I think that this whole situation has been poorly managed. On, I mean, you can't really plan for injuries even though he's had an injury history but Trey Lance has not been able to play or practice really so I don't know what you expect from him but on the other hand like I said I know what you expect from him because you gave up your future for him so 
it's just an ugly situation in in San Francisco right now when in pertaining to um Trey Lance. I wish him nothing but the best, but when I said his clock is ticking, it seems like the timer is off. Has gone off. It seems like it might be over with for him and for in San Francisco. Now, I also don't think that he's ready to start. He hasn't been able to really practice or train because he had a broken leg. So if he does get traded somewhere, he to me, he's automatically going to he's not going to be a starting quarterback from day one. So maybe you can go to uh, New Orleans Saints or maybe because you see what happens with Derek Carr. uh, And I don't think Jameis Winston is going to be there for too much longer as the backup. Uh, Maybe you can go to a Green Bay. I don't know. But I just it's hard for me to see a successful path in San Francisco now. So we'll see. Oh. I didn't want to give out some congratulations and sh- oh no I don't <laughs> no I don't we're, 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 we'll wait on that I do want to talk about Shohei Otani and uh, tearing his is it UCL tearing his UCL which is pretty much I know he had Tommy John surgery in 2018 and I think. Paskin, he's a reporter. I think he's been saying that that never really uh, fully, like, that's, that's been bothering him. And he suffered a UCL tear, which he can still hit. He just, he's, he's not going to pitch again this season. And I think that this is, this is monumental for the entire league. Shohei Otani is the best player in baseball, like, by far. And on top of that, he is the Angels' best player. Now, the Angels, I don't, I don't see, you know, this is the worst-case scenario. You also have Mike Trout, who I think is still hurt. <laughs> your two best players, that's, that's it. Your two best players on a team where nobody else around them is really that good, your two best players are hurt. And, and both of the players, you can argue, are the best players in, in baseball. And Shohei Otani is our Shohei Otani has already been rumored to be out of here after this year because of the lack of winning for this team. I think it affects uh, his MVP. Uh, I don't know how this is going to affect his hitting. It still said that he's still going to be able to hit, but because the UCL that pretty much affects you know the arm and and the the pitching. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I don't know. But I do know that this is going to affect the MVP race when we talk to AL. Uh, the the Cy Young Award winner when we talk about the AL. And and ultimately the future of the, the Angels. Because if Shohei Otani is talking about, I'm, I'm not trying to be here if we aren't winning. And you don't win. I'm not, I don't know. This completely changes the landscape of baseball right now. And I I wish for a speedy recovery, but this is the worst case scenario for this franchise. Because, again, Mike Trout's already out. So we'll see. Um, Again, now I want to give some shout outs, man. 
I want to give a shout out to Aja Wilson. Aja Wilson for setting the NBA or WNBA record with fifty three or tying the WNBA record for points in the game with fifty three. Um, Aja Wilson is the best player in w, in the WNBA, and it's not that close. I know that there has been a. I'm not gonna say that close. Let me not say that because we'll talk about Brianna Stewart in a second. But it's pretty much a two person race. It's Brianna Stewart and Aja Wilson, and I just think with the recent success that Aja Wilson has has seen with the Aces, and the Aces also set it set a. A record for most wins in a season with 30 and they still have a couple games to go before the playoffs I, I it's it's Aja Wilson bro she is the best player uh defensively I mean she won defensive player of the year last year I believe um she is or she has a defensive player of the year in her belt let me say that to me that she has no holes she has no weaknesses and she's been great and she is the big reason, along with, of course, Chelsea Gray and Kelsey Plum. And even with Candace Parker out, which I think that was a huge loss um, for the Aces, Angel Wilson, I think that they have a really good shot of winning it all again this year because they have the best player in the WNBA. So shouts out to Angel Wilson for tying the WNBA record with 53 points in a game. And shouts out for the Aces in general for setting a WNBA record with 30 wins in a season. Also want to shout out Alisa Thomas. Alyssa Thomas, I'm sorry, for breaking the WNBA record for most double-doubles in a season with 24. She was tied with Tina Charles. Uh, there's a reason why the, the, the three teams that we're talking about, um, the Aces, the Connecticut Sun, and we're going to talk about the Liberty in a second, that the reason why they're the three best teams in basketball, uh, and Alyssa Thomas, Maryland product, by the way, she... She just continues to be, I mean, her and Dewana Bonner just continue to be the heart and soul for the Connecticut Sun. Even Lou, I thought that there was pretty much going to fall off a cliff when they lost John Coyle Jones. But getting Asia Wills, I mean, you still have Alisa Thomas and Alisa Thomas, and she's been great. So shouts out to her for breaking the record for most double doubles in a season with 24. And shouts out to Brianna Stewart. <laughs> Uh, for breaking the Liberty record for most points in a season with 747. 747 points in one season, and they don't have as many games uh, in the WNBA, obviously, that they do in the NBA. Uh, that's that's incredible. Again, I said that it's pretty much neck and neck for who are the best players in basketball or WNBA, whether it's Aja Wilson or, or Breonna Stewart. And this Liberty team, man, with Vandersloot, with uh, Sabrina Nadescu, with John Quill Jones and, and uh, Brianna Stewart, I think that that is the best team to knock off the the Aces. But we'll see because, I mean, we're pretty much in the age of the super team. But I do want to give a shout out to Brianna Stewart. Again, scoring 747 points in a season and being new to the team and – not having as many games as, of course, the NBA is is crazy to me. Um, I said this before. I said this in the beginning of the season that this is going to be a great season. I also said a couple weeks ago or a couple episodes ago that we are seeing arguably the best WNBA season we've seen as far as individual stats, as far as team stats. Um, 
it has been great. Drew Lloyd, I think, broke the record for most points uh, in a season for the Seattle Storm. Like, we're seeing every team has a case. We're seeing uh, Alina Boston, Aaliyah Boston. She's going crazy. Like, it's we're seeing some great, great basketball. And shouts out to those women. Shouts out to the women I just mentioned: Asia Wilson, Alyssa Thomas, and Brianna Stewart. And shouts out to you guys. Um, lastly, before I go, the unpopular topic of the day. And the unpopular topic of the day, I guess I'll get a little personal because uh, I've I've had an influx of questions and. The same question has come up, and that is Jalen or Jay. I'm trying to start a podcast. Um, should I start one? And if I do, what advice would you give? Now, my usual response to that is, yeah, man, start a podcast. You do it, you know, do it. Don't don't stop. Don't quit. Um, enjoy it. Do it for you. This that and third. And while those sediments still ring true, I think I would alter my uh, advice. Do not start a podcast. Do not do not get into content creating if you're not coming in with realistic expectations. If you're you're coming in with the assumption that you're going to be whoever the top person is in whatever field that you're going in. If you think that if you're going into podcasting and sports podcasting, if you think that you're going to be, you know, Pat McAfee or club Shay Shay or, or, you know, skip Bayless or any of them, that's, that's not going to happen. Or if you're going into vlogging and you think that you're just going to be, um, with, with not a lot of work, if you think that you're going to be, uh, where some of the top vloggers and an influencer, it's not going to work that way. Content creating is hard. This, do you, podcasting is hard. Let me just stick in my lane. Podcasting is hard. This is a full time job, bro. That I don't get. That majority ninety. Eight percent of people that that do podcasts don't get paid for, and I am part of that ninety-eight. I have not made a dime out of this podcast. Well, when I did when I dropped the the merch the first time, I did make some money, obviously. But you want to know what my schedule is for the week? I'll tell you. My schedule starts on let's let's start on Tuesday because that's my first record day. Oh, and for people that sent, let me just get my schedule. Tuesday, I record. I also finalize building the show, and then I of course record, then I edit, and I schedule the posts. Uh, I schedule the audio to be released at twelve a.m. on Wednesdays. I schedule the visuals to be released on youtube 9 a.m on wednesdays on wednesday that's where i do most of my editing that's where i do i edit clips i edit reels i edit shorts and i post them i schedule the days you know the post for the day and i'm also through all this interacting with people interacting with people's comments opinions uh people that disagree we're having conversation 
That's Wednesday. Thursday, usually don't do anything. Oh, no, that's a lot. Thursday, I'm starting to build for the show. I'm starting to build for Friday. I'm starting to find topics. I'm starting to see things that I've missed, things that I didn't miss, things that I can elaborate on. I'm starting to build the show. I'm also dropping more content. Maybe I'll edit a reel. Maybe I'll I'll drop another. You know what I'm saying? Friday is record day. Friday is record day. Uh, I do the same thing I pretty much do Tuesday. I do Friday. Saturday, the same thing I did Wednesday. I do Saturday. Sunday is pretty, pretty much the only day that I don't really do anything. I might comment. I might go, you know, have back and forth with people on social media that don't agree with me or people on YouTube, you know. But I don't really do anything on Sunday. Monday... The same, you start to get ready and you're starting to look for topics for Tuesday. What I'm saying is, outside of maybe one day, I'm always doing the podcast. I'm always doing something for the podcast and not getting paid for it. This isn't, this isn't easy, bro. And I, I was, I, I want everyone to do what they want to do. And I'm not saying that you can't make money off it. I'm not saying that you won't make money. I'm not saying that your road is going to be the same as mine. And for people that's asking or people that's suggesting, well, Jay, why are you doing two podcasts a day or two podcasts a week? Why don't you do just one a week? Here's my thing. If you're a a podcast that just talks about one topic, I understand just doing one a week. I get it. But especially in sports, which is why when you look, a lot of sports podcasters drop multiple episodes a week because the the news window, the the relevancy window for sports events, sports milestones don't last very long. Perfect example. Last season in the NBA, Donovan Mitchell dropped 71 points. I think a couple days later, Damian Lillard dropped 71 which pretty much, it doesn't make Donovan Mitchell obsolete, but now the focus is on Damian Lillard. It, it just happens so fast. So I would advise if you're a sports podcaster and you're talking about more, well, and you're talking about whatever you're talking about to have more than one episode a week because your relevancy is 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 more potent and it allows you to grow because now people could be looking at you. It, something can happen on Tuesday. I unfortunately, I'm not able to get because I, I usually record Tuesday morning slash afternoon because I still work. I have a full time job out outside of the podcast. So I don't get to it till Saturday, but I at least, you know, I, I'll at least talk about it on social media. So what I want to say is this, man. If you if you're unable to have realistic expectations about this, because I'm what four years in, and I only have, and I'm not saying only as like d- being disrespectful. I appreciate everyone, but I have 915 uh, subscribers on YouTube. And on top of that, I have more video. I have 1,114 videos on YouTube. I have more videos than subscribers. What I'm saying is it's a slow burn. 
and you have to love it. That's why you see a lot of podcasts, a lot of vloggers, a lot of anything, a lot of content creators will start and you look up maybe one or two episodes in and no more. It's 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 tough to main to keep this up. When you look at the Pat McAfee show, you look at all the people that he talks to and his entire team. That's me. I edit. I produce. I am the camera person. I am the audio guy. And I am the host. And I'm the researcher. I'm six guys in one. And that's how most podcasts are. So my unpopular topic of the day, man, is don't get into podcasting if you're not ready and you 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 don't understand that it's it's not going to pop overnight and if you're not ready to unless you have thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars to drop on this it's you're going to have to start from the ground up and you have to love it if you don't love it then you're going to quit cuz there's multiple times where I want to quit but I love doing this I love talking about sports this is my outlet so If you want to join, if you want to be a content creator, understand that it's tough. Be consistent. Love what you're doing and understand that you're doing everything that you're creating. Last thing I'll say, everything that you create, you have to do it for yourself. What I mean by that is all the content I I podcast, right? And I'm... <laughs> As, as as ironic and as weird as it sounds, I'm talking to myself. I'm creating content that I want to see, that I want to hear, that I want to experience. And I know this sounds crazy, but I don't care who comes on and who doesn't because I, at the end of the day, I'm doing it for myself. The people will come. The support will come. If you are authentic and you understand what you want. And understand and, and, and knowledgeable and respect the topics that you're talking about. People will come. But at the end of the day, you should always make content for yourself. Because if why would you never make content that you yourself wouldn't even like? Because trust me, that's how you see people in the music industry that'll drop an album and won't see them again. Or drop a song or two and won't see them again because they probably didn't like it. That's it, man. There you have it. That's been today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I truly, truly appreciate you guys. If you want a popular podcast shirt, hoodie, sweater, long sleeve, and joggers, the link is in the description below. I have multiple different colors, multiple different designs. Get your Unpopular Podcast merch today. Also, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Please subscribe to wherever you're listening. I'm trying to get to a thousand subscribers, and as I just said, I'm extremely, extremely close. Uh, everything means a lot. As you see, we're under a hundred. Please, please, please subscribe or tell a friend to tell a friend. It means a lot. Also, subscribe to the socials. Subscribe to Instagram. Subscribe to TikTok. As you guys see, I post daily there. Uh, I interact with you guys. It, it you know, I, I enjoy just just keep it respectful. And of course, we'll have a conversation. Uh, that's me talking. I don't have a team. I do have a social media manager. Uh, shouts out to her. But 
outside of that, it's it's mainly just me. Um, and if when I say social media manager, while she'll schedule the post and everything, if we're having a conversation, it's me. It's always me. So, yeah, man, that's been today's episode. And until next time, much love. <laughs>